everyone, and welcome into another, or the first episode, actually, of the semester to Unsportsmanlike Conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. My name is Andrew McDowell, and you may remember us from last year. We had Dylan Getz in the show. He's still with me here, and we also had Colin Logston with us last year. He's not with us anymore. He has a pretty busy schedule this fall. He does still work here at CM Life. He covers the football team and stuff, but now he is really busy at the morning sun, and he's kind of switching over from that, so... He's not with us anymore. We do bring in Evan Petzold. He is, uh, you might have heard of him before. He writes for scout.com, covers Michigan football and basketball. He's now with us here at CM Life. We're glad to have him. Guys, how we doing? We're back in the podcast room here in Moore Hall. It's great. It's doing, great to be back for me. Doing so good. You know, you know. Uh, finally, glad to be back. We've already had one week of classes finished. We're working on the second one right now. Um, weekend's coming up, and I'm glad to be back at uh, Mount Pleasant, that's for sure. You guys are talking about coming back to Mount Pleasant. This is my first time ever being up here <laughs> as a freshman. I mean, yeah. I was just trying to figure out, you know, where my classes were on the first day. <laughs> He's a freshman. And, and all that good stuff. Yeah. But, but no, it is great to be here. Uh, just talk some sports with you guys. Uh, really excited to, excited to, you know, get things kicked off. And that's exactly what we do. We talk sports here. And we've got quite the load for you guys today. We're going to be talking about Michigan and Michigan State both. Obviously, the college football um, kicked off last weekend with their games. There's a lot of good games. Um Obviously, the highlight of it was probably Michigan and Florida between the two teams in the state, just because that was a bigger game. We'll also move into the Lions a little bit later, because we know everyone wants to hear about that. The NFL anticipation is here. Fantasy football, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready for that to start this week, mm-hmm. like 100%. Got all my drafts done. Actually starts tonight. We're recording this on Thursday, so the uh, the first game is tonight between uh, the Patriots and the Chiefs, so that will be good to get going. We'll also talk about the NFL as a whole. We'll talk about the Zeke suspension. And what that means, obviously, there's been a lot of stuff going down about that this week with a lot of changes in his suspension. Not necessarily for the weeks, but for when he will actually be suspended. And then we'll also talk about the Tampa and Dolphins game being canceled because that could play a big effect on those players that are on both those mm-hmm. teams. And then we'll end with our usual stud and dud like we did all the time yeah. last year. Before we uh, before we get started, we talked a little bit about your fantasy team. How, how's it look this year, Andy? Uh, honestly... <laughs> Uh, some leagues stacked, some some leagues not. Like, okay. I, the draft that I actually did just last night, which was like a last minute draft, yeah, looking great. I looking can't. Great. I absolutely cannot wait for that league to get going. Who did you I, get first round? Marcus Mariota and, and uh, Tom Brady are both my quarterbacks. Like okay. I think like I'm stacked that position. But then I have LaShawn McCoy as a running back. That was yeah. my first round pick because of where I was picking at, like seventh. Okay. But um, yeah. yeah, Amir Abdullah is my running yeah. back too. And no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not, not feeling good about that. I'm on the David Johnson hype train all the way. Oh, dude. I, oh. it's it's David Johnson. I rely on him. Then it's like. Guess you're running back. Like, that, yeah, I, 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 I rely I on him in get. like three or four of my leagues. But how about you, Evan? Yeah, I do some fantasy football. Uh, I kind of actually run my dad's account. I don't really do too much of it oh, myself. Yeah. But my no. dad, my dad's in it with uh, with a bunch of guys from work. So I kind of I'm on there, you know, running it. And yeah, and they always make fun of him because he doesn't know what he's doing with it. But he does his best. That, that's funny. I'm actually I I kind of help out my dad with mine too. And we got David Johnson in that one. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes, but yeah, that's, that's funny that we both do that. I, you know, that's something I didn't know. And uh, just so you guys can follow us on Twitter to start getting more involved with us, uh, you can follow me at, at Andy underscore McDonald 23. Evan, what is your handle? Uh, it's at Evan Petzold. And Dylan? And your boy, um, at Dylan underscore Getz. Yeah, not, not LeVar Ball or anything? We're not nah, really no, 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 no. Okay, all right, well, nah. whatever. Anyways, <laughs> we're going to get into this. Um, Michigan and Florida, that's where we'll start. Wolverines played good this weekend. You really can't deny it. 33-17 uh, to win. Um, the only touchdowns that Florida got the whole game were on, de- or on defense. They uh, got some interceptions returned for touchdowns, and at that point in the game, everything looked like it was crumbling for Michigan. It didn't look like it was going to be good. And then they kind of just let their defense take the rest of the game away. They just turned it down. Uh, to start of the second half, Wilton Spade and Michigan's offense had a good drive. They got down the field. They scored. 
Um, by the end of the game, it was just complete domination. Obviously, the sack, uh, fumble, and strip for a touchdown in the mm-hmm. end zone to end the game was a big play to end it. Uh, Michigan had 433 total yards. The Florida's 192. If that doesn't say the whole story of the game, I don't really know what does. And a lot of those yards were on the last drive when Florida got about 50 yards down the field when the game didn't even matter anymore. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, just 19-9 to with Michigan on first downs um, compared to Florida's only nine. Um, passing yards, Michigan had 218. They had 181. Uh, rushing yards was obviously the uh, the craziest category. Michigan had 215 yards of the ground, and Florida only had 11. So that shows yeah. you how good Michigan. That was it. that was just right crazy. Now. That that really that game. It looked like it was Wilton Spates uh, pick sixes against Michigan's defense. Like that was the tale of the whole game. I mean, Florida was doing nothing on offense. Uh, you know, the whole game they had 11 rushing yards. That's like that's that's just pitiful. And uh, <laughs> It, it it was really just dominant from the Michigan defense. I think uh, they could have had a better test. There was a couple starters out, but I really didn't think that they, you know, I didn't think that they would have um, made that much of an impact. I guess Michigan's defense looked really strong. Uh, I think Michigan has some things to figure out at quarterback. Of course, Wilton Spate. I mean, he can he can do better than that. <laughs> we all know that. But yeah. um, I'm I was glad that Harbaugh, you know, sat him for, you know, what was it? Just like one one series, and you know, let him kind of. Let him kind of calm down. But what do you think about the game, Evan? I mean, yeah, we're talking about Spate and, you know, the fact that he did have the two interceptions. You know, Michigan only gave up three points uh, as a defense, like you were mentioning, Andy. But, I mean, let's just say this is a perfect world. And in a perfect world, Spate doesn't throw those two interceptions. Maybe he throws two touchdowns instead. I mean, that's 47-3, to final score. Mm -hmm, So, I mean, if you just kind of want to look at it that way and just see – you know, you know, yeah, the picks were there, but those are things that are that are gonna get get worked out. You know, I mean, I know mm-hmm. there was quarterback controversy early, but I feel like we all kind of knew Spate was the guy, mm-hmm. but a lot of us just didn't really want to admit it. But I mean, you know, now with Spate, we just gotta trust uh, trust the process yeah. um, and and just watch him grow. One guy that you guys didn't mention that I thought played really well was Ty Isaac. He had a lot 100%. of big plays. He blocked really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, two third and thirteen conversions, one fourth down conversions. I mean, he's a go-to guy. They said that. You know they're not really sure if he's going to be uh, be a starter against Cincinnati, but he's definitely creeping up. And Chris Chris Evans' job, I mean, that's that's on the line. He's got to watch out for that. Exactly. Yeah, we have to be weary too because it is early in the season. Yeah, I know, I know there was a little quarterback controversy, but I mean, what what quarterback plays perfectly in the first game mm-hmm. of the season other than other than Josh Rosen, which had a pretty pretty impressive game? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it is early in the season, so there's obviously room to improve. But like you said, Ty Isaac, Ty Isaac had a big role in that offense, which I was kind of surprised to see, actually. I mean, you talk about the quarterback controversy. To me, there never really was. Um, John, John O'Corn, he, the guy doesn't have any pocket presence. I mean, he made a good pass, and people try to point that out like it's something. It isn't. He's not a good quarterback. Yeah. I don't think he's a big time quarterback, I guess, nevertheless. Um, your point about Ty Isaac is great, though. Honestly, the guy played a great game. And I don't really think it matters at this point who starts for Michigan at running back. The fact that they have three running backs, I include Kron Higdon in that, um, in those three as well. They can run the ball flat out. They can move the ball. Uh, Chris Evans definitely is in jeopardy for that starting job, but no matter who gets it, I think Harbaugh's going to rotate these guys a lot. They all have enough talent mm-hmm. and different ways to be able to run the ball that it just it it's more dynamic for Michigan. Um, they have more to go off of there. But honestly, was it really Michigan's defense being that good, or was it just Flores' offense being that bad? A little bit of both. Evan, I'll start with you. I think it was the defense being that good. I mean, I think Florida has their playmakers. I mean, it, it's an SEC school. Yeah, I know. You know, there there was a lot of hype about you know them coming into the season. It it's still it's still a good program. It's not like they're out there playing uh, you know playing some team like Bowling Green maybe. Um, <laughs> but you know, perfect. It, it's the <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, the defense has youth, but they also have a lot of speed. They have more speed than they did last year. Um, Florida really 
could never solve Michigan's front seven. I mean, they, it, it was the defense uh, and all day long, in my opinion. I'm I'm lo- absolutely loving that dig at Michigan <laughs> State. Right <there>. Like, <laughs> yes, that is perfect. That is exactly what we're looking for. Uh, yeah, I think I think it was a little bit of both. I mean, okay, you know, out of the out of however many guys got suspended, two of them were starters. It does cut a little bit of their depth, but I mean, I really think it. It just looked from my perspective that. It was just dominance from Michigan defense. I mean, just at the end of the game, especially when they, you know, got the say or you know made made them fumble in the end zone and you know scored the defensive touchdown. That was just unbelievable. It was just it was just crazy dominance from from that front seven that you said. Was, and I, I mean, anytime that you fun lose a watch. player like Antonio Callaway or their running back in Scarlett, I mean, those are two big players. Obviously, they start last year. Callaway was a player that played big in their special, not only in their like actual receiving core. He played big on special teams too. So you lose that, that hurts you as well. Um, obviously, Norden, he, he played a great game for Michigan oh, special yeah. teams. Um, taking those field goals, 55 and 50 yards, are both impressive to make. He did end up missing his last two field goals, one was from 52 yards. Overall, though, I think he played a big role, too. Michigan seemed to still win the special teams battle overall throughout that game. Mm-hmm. So, really, just every aspect of this game, Michigan played better than Florida. They looked like the better team. Um, moving forward, they have Cincinnati next week. Um, not <laughs> apparently they're they're running back. Um, he believes that they can come in and shock the world against <laughs> Michigan uh, in the in the big house home opener. I don't really see that happening anytime soon. I, th- I think that Michigan is a uh, team that's going to be around for a while and be competing for that college football playoff by the end of the season. I think that first game gave me a lot more confidence in that. Um, I see this week being more of like a forty nine to ten type final. I don't I don't see this game really being close. Uh, what do you guys feel about this? Week? Yeah, I I, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, when you got guys coming out to the press and saying that they're going to shock the world, they're probably not going to shock <laughs> anybody. I mean, it doesn't happen often, people. But um, yeah, it was. I mean, it's nice for him to think that way. And they, I remember seeing something on Twitter. I don't remember which reporter it was, but they asked Karen Higdon this morning. You know, what do you think about his comments about shocking the world? And you know, you, you got to get him props for having goals, but I mean. You know, all he could do is laugh. Yeah, so, it's, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think that that in itself tells you how this game's gonna play out. But what do you think, Evan? I mean, we know what to expect from Michigan, but you know, as far as Cincinnati goes, uh, week one they had a twenty six fourteen win over Austin Peavy. That's an FCS <laughs> school. <laughs> um, and last year Austin Peavy went zero eleven. Yeah, they lost twenty eight straight games. They yeah. lost twenty. Okay. That, yep, they, wow. I, I, I just <laughs> did an article on I mean, it earlier this morning. I mean, you. you, yeah. you I mean, you games. mentioned you mentioned. Maybe Cincinnati scoring 10. I don't even think they scored 10. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But, I mean, I guess something to look for for Michigan, though. Uh, Wilton Spate, see if he improves. Uh, Michigan's going to run the ball. You already know that. They're going to pound it. Um, but, yeah, that's about it. I mean, I, I think this game is going to be uh, Michigan by by a heck of a lot of points. Yeah, uh, like you said, they're going to run the ball. They were running the ball just fine against Florida. I mean, they, it seemed like they didn't even need to pass at some points during that mm-hmm. game. Like, they were only passing when they want to, and they were just really just – just dominating the whole second half. It was crazy. It was crazy. Real quick, you guys, just as you know, not fans or not, Wilton Spate. Um, people really don't know what to think about him right now. Um, with going forward, can he be a quarterback that actually leads this team to a Big Ten championship? Is he? Is he not the guy for that? Will we see a switch at some point during the season? Um, how do you guys feel on Wilton Spate going forward? Does he get better? Does he get worse? Evan, I'll start with you. I think he gets better, but I mean, then I also look at it as, I mean, who are the other options at this point? Mm-hmm. I mean. I mean, yeah, Brandon Peters is a good quarterback. Harbaugh really likes him, but I mean, this would be—you know—he'd be going out there and just getting his first snaps exactly. ever. You know, I mean, Wilton Spate has the experience, so you know, I feel like in the back of in the back of Jim Harbaugh's mind, he knows Brandon Peters is probably the better quarterback. 
you know, as far as the long run goes. But he yeah. knows that you got to toss Spade out there for the experience. You know, he knows the guys. The guys know him. They're all close. Yep. I mean, those kind of chemistry things also play a huge role. So, yeah, I think he gets better, um, you know, but we'll see. Only time will tell. I think it's pretty reliable. I mean, you know, it is. it was the first game of the season, and, you know, he did, you know, he did get put on the bench only for one series or something. Two. But, or <laughs> two series. I don't, I don't remember exactly. I mean, I <laughs> You got you got your Michigan sweatshirt on right now. <laughs> anyway, I mean, it just it was just to calm him down. I don't think there should be too much, you know, people worrying about it. I think he's definitely a reliable quarterback and under Harbaugh, I mean, I could see him, you know, improving steadily and, you know, being able to become that guy who can win them a Big Ten championship. Yeah, I, I don't think he's really gonna get better from the player that he is right now, but I definitely think that he is the guy. Um, you, you saw times during that game that throw he had to Eubanks that was deep. That, I mean, he put that right in the breadbasket. He had the throw out early to Black. I mean, he. He's made good throws, and these receivers are all new too. So mm-hmm. I think I think that once he gets working with these guys more through these next couple of weeks against lesser opponents, it'll only make him better, and it's going to just translate to the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, and he's shown at times that when he does make mistakes, he finds a way to come back and do it, he, do the job, I guess I should say. He did it again last week to start the second half after making those mistakes. He did come back for a brief second before the halftime, but really he came back in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, and he let him right down the field for a touchdown made a couple of good passes to Grant Perry on that drive. Obviously, he needs to stop spinning the ball. But <laughs> other than that. Yeah, they, did you, you guys see his tweet after the game? Yeah, he's like, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> he, yeah. he needs to stay under the radar. He's not the guy that needs to be making his name any worse right now. Yeah, that's but funny. Nevertheless, I think Wilton Spade moves on. I think we can all agree that Michigan, this is a huge win for them. They played good. They got the job done. And now they're on to next week and on to the rest of the season. Probably not to look too far ahead, but the next really big game is going to be against Penn State at Happy Valley on the mm-hmm. road. It's going to be a huge game for Michigan, these young guys on the road for the first first true road game for the first time. <laughs> um, translating over to Michigan State now, they played against Bowling Green this weekend. Um, first quarter, you would have thought, wow, this team is really going to struggle again this year. They're losing 3-0. to zero. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then they came back and they gave them more, the fans more hope. They end up blowing out uh, Bowling, I guess you could say blowing out 35-10. to um, Lewerke... He he looked better. He looked like a guy that can solidify that 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 backfield a little bit, or not backfield. I should say that quarterback position. Uh, twenty two to thirty three. He had two hundred fifty yards and three touchdowns. You can't really deny stats. That's the stats. He played good. Um, ru- running backs were kind of all over the place. The work he actually ended up leading the team in rushing, which has got to be scary for some Michigan State fans. Though Jay Scott, <laughs> you, you expect him to kind of be their yeah. bell cow that carries him all the way through. But Lewerke had sixty nine yards on eight carries, and that was their highest rusher of the day. So. <laughs> Um, moving forward, they have Western Michigan this week, and I think Mark D'Antonio has got to be shaking in his boots. I think he's got to get this team ready because obviously Western Michigan shows what they can do if you don't come in ready when they play against USC this weekend. They had that team, they had the lead in the fourth quarter against mm-hmm. USC, and if you had told me that, I would have told you you were crazy coming into the week. So yeah. what have you guys seen from Michigan State so far, and what what do, what do they need to do yeah, to I, beat the Broncos? Yeah, I watched that game before you know the Michigan game came on, and it, it didn't – in my opinion, I didn't see much out of Brian Lewerke. Like he w- he was playing <laughs> Bowling Green and he was looking pretty shaky. I mean, it kind of reminded me of what Shane Morris was looking like at some points <laughs> and CMU's opener. That's a different story. So I mean, I don't know if he's like if he's you know the best that they have. I don't really know how much depth they have at that position, but I think he's definitely got a ways to go if Michigan State plans on competing at all. I mean, if they plan on you know improving on a three and nine record. So, <laughs> I didn't see much from Lewerke, but um, yeah, I think they had a pretty easy opponent. I, I don't think it was really a question that they were going to win. It was just more more like the second spring game. Yeah, I guess the only thing uh, you know really 
super impressive that I saw out of Lewerke was he did complete passes to 10 different receivers. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, that's kind of a positive you can mm-hmm. take from it. But mm-hmm. and one of the things that, that Michigan State just really as a whole struggled with was three turnovers. I mean, going into next week, you know, Western Michigan's that team that they're they're all up in your grill. Like, they're going to they're gonna force turnovers. They forced two um, against USC. So, I mean, that's something you definitely got to look for. Uh, if you're the Spartans, you got to hang on to the ball. And, uh, you know, besides that, mm-hmm. Western, they got a couple guys that can run. Um, so Michigan's run defense, Michigan State's, excuse me, run their run defense is going to be tested early and often. I mean, honestly, my prediction is Western Michigan takes this one. Uh, it's going to be close though, so you never know. Yeah, I think I think the same. I think it's really going to come down to the last, you know, five ten minutes. But I think that Western Michigan can definitely do it against this team. I mean, they were in it to the last what eight minutes with USC. So I mean, there's no reason that they can't stay in this game and even beat Michigan State. Um, what do you think, Andy? Um, I would agree with both you guys. I think that Michigan, I think that Western Michigan's gonna get the job done this weekend. Um, I don't know by how much, but Michigan State. One thing they still gotta look at. Yeah, they got 465 yards on offense. Yeah, they ended up running away at this game. That was against one of the bad teams, the MAC. This this team and Western, in my opinion, has been playing like a team. I mean, they almost beat Wisconsin then last season. So mm-hmm. you, you can't really argue it. They they've been there. They've been a team that can actually make a BCS bowl. Obviously, they lost Terrell and they lost Corey Davis. They're not the same team. But the way they were able to move the ball against a team like USC, and USC's defense isn't particularly great, but it's still one of those conferences or teams from a conference that's supposed to be so much better than teams from the MAC, and right. they weren't. <laughs> Michigan State's a lower team in the Big Ten right now. No matter how you want to look at yeah. it, they're not one of the top teams. And they had three turnovers against Bowling Green, who's a bad team. You you give those turnovers to Western Michigan, they're going to turn those into touchdowns every single time, and it's going to be a different score. And that's something that I think that they need to avoid if they want to win this game. Um, the thing that does help for them is that it is at home, so they I guess they can feed off that energy if they get enough there. I would imagine just because it is an in-state game and with how Western's been, they'll actually probably be a good amount of people at this game, probably some being Bronco fans as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully they can use home field advantage to their advantage. But other than that, I, I really just think Western might overall be the better team. I think this is a Tim Lester, Western Michigan's new head coach. I think this is probably his big win to start it off. Yeah, um, it's Michigan State in the road and really kind of get it going. And if if they can beat a team like Michigan State, <laughs> watch out for Western Michigan again this year. Cause yeah, be I was uh, I was looking forward to you know kind of watching this game to see how LJ Scott would do. And like you like you mentioned earlier, I mean he fumbled twice and he was supposed to be like their guy. He was supposed to be their number one back. And you know he's one of the most you know accomplished guys on that team right now. But mm-hmm. if if LJ State. If LJ Scott doesn't get going to help out Lewerke, I mean, I don't, I don't really see them doing too well for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the rest of the season, you look at their next few games. I mean, yeah, they have Western Michigan coming up, and then Notre Dame, Iowa, and then Michigan. So that's like a tough stretch right there to start mm-hmm. the season, and that's Very tough. that's one of those ways that I mean, if they if they lose the Broncos here, that's a way that they can kind of dig themselves in a little bit of a hole, mm-hmm. kind of like they did last season, and struggle to get back out of it. So that's something yeah. uh, definitely to watch for. And truth be told, what do you guys think happens to Mark Antonio if that kind of a start happens this season? Is he really on the hot seat at that point? Do you guys actually see him having a chance to lose his job at the end of the year? Or does Michigan yeah. State like him too much from what he's done the no, past year? Really? I think, well, nowadays it's it's all about what have you done for me lately, you know? And Yeah, it's the truth. <laughs> so, so, yeah, if he has another season like last season, I'd say for sure he's on the hot seat. Who knows if something happens or not, but he's, they're definitely talking about it. What do you think, Evan? Yeah, I, I mean, I'd agree with that. You look yeah. at, I mean, just for an example, Les Miles at uh, at LSU, you know, he was so good mm-hmm. for so long, and then just one little bit of downfall. It's a great example. He was out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, gone just as easy as that. And it could be like that. And that really, honestly, if they do win this game against Western Michigan, I would be impressed by Michigan State. It sounds crazy to say that, but where we're at today with how 
Western's been lately and with how Michigan State has been lately, it would be a big win for the Spartans, which is crazy yeah, to say. But yeah. <laughs> if they can get a win like that, maybe we give them a little bit more confidence and be able to get some through some of these next few games. I'm not quite buying Notre Dame yet either. I, I don't think that they're necessarily some big powerhouse. So I think that Michigan State will have a chance in that game. As I believe it is in East Lansing too, so it won't be as hard for them to have to go on the road right away. So um, just going off of that, this game's huge for Michigan State. I think they need to get the job done. Do I think mm-hmm. they will? No, I really don't. I think that I think Western Michigan wins this in a close game. They've shown they can pull them out in the past, and I think Tim Lester gets that first big win. Um, mm-hmm. so that's that's about it for college that, football. Yep, that's it for college football. We covered you know UM and MSU, and they both won. I mean, one team looked a little bit better than the other, but one team had a little bit stiffer uh, competition as well. So we'll see we'll what s- happens, guys. It's yeah. Just getting started. But just we, getting started. Thank well, God, college football is back. Exactly. Right? <laughs> What's, and football in general, because what's starting this weekend is the NFL, which is, a lot of people are excited about, mm-hmm. and obviously our Lions. Some people think that they're going to be the hope this year for Detroit. Obviously, with the Tigers faltering this year, and the Red Wings not making the playoffs for the first time yeah. in 25 years, and the Pistons were a complete disappointment. So yes. when you look at it all around, Detroit sports is in turmoil, and it's a dumpster fire. So <laughs> yes, it is. the Lions are the kind of the team that everyone's like, they can save us. They can get us to a playoff hey, yeah. game and like, just make us feel good about ourselves. Like Cullen our <laughs> always used to say, like Cullen always used to say, um, they're, they're the best team in Detroit right now. I, I believe it. Uh, you know, Colin believes it. I'm, I'm sure I, I do you too. guys are both on the same boat. I think but. they are the best team, which isn't saying much. It's, I, sad, it's I, sad, but true. It's yeah. sad, but true. <laughs> exactly. You're an right. argument for a team that lost its last four games last year and had to have another team, Washington, thank you, Kirk Cousins, lose to get them into the playoffs. That's that's the only reason right. that the Lions were able to get into the playoffs is because that happened, mm-hmm. and then they just went and got beat by Seattle anyways. So yeah. that's the kind of stuff that Lions fans look at as a successful season. When you haven't ever won a Super Bowl, <laughs> it makes sense. Definitely. Nevertheless, it's a new year. Matt Stafford got this huge contract, guys. He's the highest-paid quarterback He's the man. in NFL football, whether you agree with it or not. I mean, yeah, what does but— it do, What does it do to him this year? Does he does he take the money and say, I don't really care anymore, no. and not give his full effort, or does he keep playing the way that he has in the past, and does he get this team over the hump and do a playoff game and maybe that playoff win this year, finally? For those, for those like, 10 or 12 guys, to so talk about what you, what you said about Matt Stafford's contract, for those, like, 10 or 12 guys that are always going to be, that are good starters in the NFL, good quarterback starters in the NFL, that the Browns would pay triple what the <laughs> their team was, would pay for them. You know, yeah, those Brian type Osweiler. guys, it's, it's, it's a cycle of whoever signs the most recent contract is going to be the most paid player. And this by by no means says that Matthew Stafford is the best QB in uh in the NFL by no means. I'm I mean, the best quarterback to ever play the game is still playing. So. Yeah, I like there's it's not even close. So like I don't think you know you should really look at it and you know in that kind of way. I mean he's getting a lot of money, but he's worth a lot to this team too. I'm sure all of the Lions staff they they know they know how much he's worth to this team. I mean what was it nine coming from behind victories. And most of those drives were led by him and led by uh, last season. So I think I, d- I definitely don't think that he's going to sit back and he's going to say, wow, I'm rich, you know, because <laughs> wh- you don't see that too often. I think he's kind of a humble guy. He's been at uh, he's been at in Detroit, you know, for his whole career. So what do you think about that? Evan? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to touch on is the fact that he's been in Detroit for his entire career. It's not like he's one of those guys that kind of came over, you know, did a little bit, and then you know just wanted to get his paycheck. Right. You know he's been here. I think I think he loves the city, and I think he really does want to win. And you were talking about you know you know which which quarterback is going to get paid next. You know there's always mm. going to be a bigger contract. <laughs> I mean the one guy. I mean we might talk about talk about him a little bit later um, when we dive into more of just the NFL as a whole. But I mean Kirk Cousins, he's franchise tagged right now. I mean he's one of those guys that 
he has a good year, he he definitely could be getting um, a bunch that, of money in his back pocket. Yeah, would be yeah, insane yeah. if he somehow stops Stafford, but it, you're very right. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's possible. It's very it's very possible. But yeah, I mean, I think he should do well. Last year they had the number eleven passing offense. Um, I think we see the Lions passing offense somewhere right around there. I think the run game um, with Abdullah might be able to help open things up a little bit. For sure. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I kind of just see Stafford producing the same as as he kind of always has. I don't really think there's going to be any drastic uh, drastic change. And, and you bring up Abdullah actually brings me to the next thing I kind of wanted to get you guys to talk about. That is something that could probably strengthen this team. I want to know what your guys' strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. for this team. A lot of people expect better things out of their offense now with Abdullah back. Think mm-hmm. that him and Theo Riddick can gel really well in that backfield, maybe not, and maybe finish in the top like 16 of the league at least in rushing for once because they haven't done that since Barry Sanders was there. So it's it's kind of crazy to think about that, but it's true. Yeah. Um, and then their defense, obviously there's been injuries with Anza. He was never himself last year. Comes back this year, maybe he'll actually be good. Now he's going to mm-hmm. be supposed to be healthy to start the year, so hoping for that. What do you guys see with strengths and weaknesses? I think, uh, yeah, I think they definitely got a, a lot better up front, like the offensive line. You know, they really brought in a lot of guys. I think that's definitely going to help uh, help out their running game. And if, if Abdullah stays healthy, they'll definitely see, you know, a big jump from last year, of course. Uh, in their running game, uh, some guy, somebody I'm excited for actually is Kenny Galladay. Mm-hmm. He had you know a pretty good preseason. I, there was a few games where you know it seemed like he was catching every other ball. So he, uh, yeah, I think he it was, I think really it was a happy start. Yeah, um, I'm really, I'm really hoping for good things from him. Uh, six foot four, he's a big guy. He's got good hands from what from what we saw in preseason. Maxion, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Illinois. Um yeah, I'm really excited for their, you know, to see that offense work. I want to see how, you know, Stafford's going to use all the different guys. And uh, I think they got a little bit better on defense. Maybe they could have done more in free agency. But uh, I'm glad they got a, a middle linebacker first round. I was so I was so glad that they got Gerard Davis. I, but, I'll, I'll tell you what, you want to talk about free agency. One free agent that I'm not very happy that they didn't keep this year is Anquan Bolden. I think that yeah. last year what he did for that team, he brought a veteran presence to that offense, and he caught almost every ball that went to him. He was sure-handed. He finally mm-hmm. had a quarterback because when he was finishing out his time in San Francisco, he didn't have anybody to throw to him. So it's like right. everybody kind of forgot that he was just one of these really, really consistent receivers over all these years. He played great for the Lions last year. It sucks that they couldn't hold on to him. Obviously, he ended up with that surprise, like, I'm just going to retire out of nowhere type, <laughs> yeah. of, type of thing um, a few weeks ago here. But yeah. it would have been great if they could have had him back. I don't know if he would have kept playing in Detroit or what would have happened. Yeah, there, he, he's one of those guys that have been around the game for so long. I remember you know reading things about him that he, he always prided he always would pride himself that he was a complete player. Mm-hmm. You know, he was not only catching, you know, every ball that was thrown his way. He was blocking. He was leading the team in the locker room, stuff like that. When it's that 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 presence in the locker room that can really that can really affect and help teams if it's positive. Um, it, he was really like the full package for a guy that you know could help out the team, could lead the team. Um, everybody could look up to him because he had such a long career, and it's just sad to see him go. Really. Evan, what do, you, what do you think for strengths and weaknesses of this team? Well, I know you mentioned uh, you mentioned some of the strengths uh, for the Lions, so I guess I'll talk about you know some of the weaknesses um, that they have. One big thing that stands out to me is the tough road games: Cardinals on the road, Giants, mm-hmm. Vikings, Saints, Packers, Bears, Ravens. I mean, the list kind of just goes <laughs> on and it on. Does, it doesn't so, um, so yeah, so that's going to be a tough for the Lions. Um, I mean, obviously, we'll see how they do. Um, it is the National Football t- in, a National Football League. Anybody can get hot at any time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, hopefully, 
you know, the Lions uh, can catch some fire there and kind of roll with it. But, yeah. I mean, they have a lot of uh, tough road games all kind of just spaced out throughout the season mm-hmm. kind of to, you know, they, they might get on a, a two-game win streak and then, oop, there they go, they lose, lose again. Yeah. 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 So that's something that's going to be tough for them. I think that's pretty much uh, – Pretty much like their main their main weakness is just their schedule. They have a lot of tough road yeah, games. Yeah, they they do have a lot of tough road games, except for the away at Bears. Except for that one. <laughs> yeah. Because true. the Bears are pitiful. Well, and, and everyone knows the record with Stafford and how he's yeah, never won on the yeah. road against like teams of winning records and all that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Yeah. I, nevertheless, I, I think that this team has a lot of potential on offense. I think that they they have most of their pieces back from last year. Adding Abdullah only helps. Um the offensive line will be interesting to say the least. Obviously, you know, the injury to Taylor Decker to start the offseason that Kind of sucks because they really needed him, but they hopefully they can find a way around it. Um, I think that this team could be a team that you know ends up with ten wins at the most. I think that's the their ceiling, um, but I don't really see it. Uh, the defense has too many holes. I, I love Slay back there at corner, but other than that, it, it's just kind of like a thrown together defense in my opinion mm-hmm. for the most part with a bunch of guys that they hope are going to be better than they actually are, and that's what I found too much you know with watching the Lions over all my years. Um, I'll ne- I'll never believe it until they actually start winning. So yeah, I looking think- at the schedule, like you said, there is a lot of tough games on there. Um, I think that these these road games are really going to catch up to them. And some of these teams that might not have been as good last year, like the Cardinals and the Panthers, those are two teams that could very well be much better this year. And the Giants, I think they're only going to be better with Brandon Marshall getting out of their team now. And that receiving oh, core yeah. of that's Shepard, crazy. OBJ, and Marshall, that's unbelievable. Um, and playing the Saints is never easy, and you have to play against Drew Brees and all them. Obviously, we know how stuff at Lambeau goes. It, it goes on and on, like you said, I mean, you couldn't have said mm-hmm. it any better. That is a true weakness to this team is their schedule because I think that it is tough, and a lot of people are looking past it at past records for the teams from last year. I think some of these teams could easily have bounce-back seasons and be better that they have to play against. Even some of the home games they have, the Falcons and Steelers, are you kidding me? Like, what, yeah. when do the Lions ever beat teams like that? They don't. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. like it's it's an iffy year. Honestly, I don't see them finishing better than 7-9. and nine. That's, that's where I have them at this year. I think mm-hmm. that it's – more of a disappointing year, and it goes downhill, and a lot of people are going to be upset Detroit, but it wouldn't be nothing new when it comes to them. What do you right. guys think? For I mean, season? I think, yeah, I, I kind of see the same thing as you do. I think their they're secondary and on defense is definitely going to be strong because they have, you know, like those two, three, four guys, they're all coming back, and they've all played behind Slate for so long. Mm-hmm. I think their, their secondary is going to be, you know, like their strong suit of their defense. For sure. But – this is a team that could either win six games. This is a team that could win ten games. I, I'm just picking right in the middle. I mean, I'm going to say eight and eight. I don't think that's, that they're going to. That's gonna, the general census a lot. A uh, yeah, lot I, I it's mean. Nine and seven, eight and eight. It's like, a lot of what Evan was talking about, like, they have a extremely tough schedule, I think. There's stretches where, I mean, <laughs> I don't think they would win one game in, you know, three weeks straight. Those back-to-back so, row games late in the season when they play the Ravens and the Buccaneers, I don't see them winning either one of those games. Yeah, the Buccaneers like, are a better team now, and the it's gonna be just a tough place to win, period. Yeah, like this is kind of just, you know, an effy year. We don't really know if they're going to dominate. We don't know if they're not going to do well at all. So what do you think, Evan? Yeah, I'm also going to say 8-8 eight and eight, uh, for the Lions this year. Um, you know, like we're talking about the schedule, I don't, I don't really think there's going to be a part of the season where they struggle. I don't think there's really going to be a part of the season where they, like, do really well. I think it's going to be just a lot of mm-hmm. back and forth of win loss, win loss. It's pretty much that really drives you crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much going to be it. Like, I don't think they're going to start off really hot or end really hot or anything like that. I think it's going to be mm-hmm. a whole lot of just blah in the middle there somewhere. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that definitely echoes what we're kind of saying. You know, there's there's no really definite answer when it comes to the Detroit Lions, especially. 
you know, this year and past years as well. I mean, well, they're giving them some primetime games again, so we'll see how they handle that. They put yeah. the Giants at night this year on a Monday night, I believe it is on yeah, ESPN. Yeah. They also have a Sunday night game against the Steelers. I can't even. I don't even want to watch that one. <laughs> and then they play Green Bay at eight thirty on uh, ESPN as well. So I believe that is a Monday night. Yeah. Year. Um, so they're uh, the pro- or projectors or whatever. They're they're giving them some hope. They're giving them these night games, yeah. hoping that they can fill out the uh, the TV and get people to watch. But yeah, hopefully, we'll see what happens. Um, it'll be an interesting season to say the least. It's getting started one way or another. What do you guys have for this weekend? They're playing the Cardinals. Um, one o'clock. It's in Detroit. So what that, do you guys, that's going to be a stuff? tough game for me to watch because you know I'm going to want David Johnson, like we already talked about, to put up you know to put up yards, put up touchdowns for the fantasy teams. You know, but um. I don't really see, I don't really see the Lions winning Week One at all. I mean, the Cardinals are a team that have been around, and you know they they don't have the best quarterback. They could be better there, but you know um, their defense is outstanding, mm-hmm. and <laughs> that's something that oh, yeah. the Lions that's will definitely struggle league. with. Like their receiving core is not as good as it used to be. Um, you know, I I hope that their offensive line will. You know, be able to pick up where they left off, and you know, even improve after that. But you know, since they signed a few guys, but I don't, I don't, I don't see them winning against the Cardinals at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, me, <laughs> me either. I don't, I don't see them taking the, um, the win against Arizona. I actually, um, if I had to toss out a prediction, I'd probably go 34-21, um, mm-hmm. Arizona. You know, somewhere where, somewhere where, uh, you know, the lines are kind of keeping it just close enough to keep us on the edge of our seats, but then. You know, per usual, fall off the train tracks at the end. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's where I got him at. Thirty-four twenty-one. Uh, we're going with Arizona. Yeah, I'm also going with Arizona. Unfortunately, um, I I think that this game's gonna start off. The Lions getting a couple good drives. They'll probably either score a touchdown to start, and then maybe a field goal. I think they'll have the early lead, and then the game's gonna kind of settle in. The Cardinals will get better and do what they always do. They'll kind of, not always do. I guess they did have a bad year last year. I think personally, the Cardinals are gonna be one of the bounce back teams of the year. That's mm-hmm. just a prediction on them. Um, because I think they have too good of a team to not have that happen with David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald still in offense. Um, I think they come back and they end up beating the Lions by a touchdown. I think the Lions get a shot at a last second drive, like a minute drive on the end of the game, down by a touchdown. They end up losing twenty seven to twenty. Yeah, that's my prediction there. Um, real quick, we do want to move into a couple other things in the NFL. Um, we got we got Zeke, our uh, buddy Zeke from Ohio State. Um, is where he, is where he came from. Obviously, he had some problems with domestic violence. This has been a case that has been going on and on and on. He's supposed to be suspended six games. The original census was for it to start the season. Now, all of a sudden, he's trying to get it. It, it was upheld l- just last night, but now the decision is going to be able to made in time for him to be suspended technically for the first week. So now he is eligible to play in the first week. Yeah. Um, this means that he will probably miss weeks two through seven. The team has a bye week on week seven, so that means that he would have to miss it because it's a six-game suspension, not six weeks. So he wouldn't be back until technically week nine. Um, what do you guys think about all this right this now? This is just the, the most like, it? yeah, like come on, NFL. This is the most complicated way of going about doing something like this. Like, when you is couldn't, it that easy? I, I know. And did you see what he said earlier too? He he was uh, somebody was interviewing him, and they asked about Colin Kaepernick, and Goodell says, "I'm not a football expert." You know, wouldn't it, wouldn't you think it would be nice for the NFL commissioner to be some type of a football expert in some sort? I mean, I really just don't have a lot of respect for that guy. Um, this is just this is just a mess. I mean, it's definitely his fault for getting getting into it in the first place, but I think the NFL should have handled it better. Uh, I definitely think he deserves a suspension. 
But like to have it so screwed up like this, like he'll he'll be able to play in the first week, even though he's technically you know suspended, and, and you know it happened over the summer. So it's just it's just crazy. I don't understand it whatsoever. So <laughs> so was the reasoning behind that? Is it because like the, the like the official verdict came so late? Is that why? Yeah, and, yeah. and then they're still trying okay. to get it this decided through the courts and stuff. Is what I read today. So the decision isn't going to come till Friday or something. It's supposed to be like Friday at six p.m. That something else comes out about it. But apparently the official decision and ruling can't be made until after this weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's okay. allowed to be able sense. to play this weekend on Sunday. Well, I mean, I mean, just looking at, I mean, yeah, he'll play week one. But I mean, looking at the next six games that um, that they have: Broncos, Cardinals, Rams, Packers, 49ers, Redskins. I mean, they're not too tough of opponents. I mean, I mean, yeah, it 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 could be a lot worse. Let's just say exactly. that it yeah. could be a lot worse. Um, for the for the Cowboys, I mean, I I think the Cardinals and Packers are probably going to give them. Um, they're two toughest games in that stretch. Um, Redskins aren't bad either, but I mean, yeah, I think it, they're pretty lucky that that he has to yeah. that he only has to miss those games. If he does indeed, you know, you know, miss, miss something exactly. Yeah. And that's what I was going to bring into is what what do you guys think of Roger Goodell in the NFL? If this ends up being appealed again and it doesn't get upheld, and Zeke ends up either serving less time, like say it gets down to three games, yeah. or even two games, or whatever it is, or none at all. I, I, I'm not saying it doesn't matter what extreme it is. <laughs> Or if he ends up serving the full suspension, mm-hmm. what, what would you guys think in the NFL if, I mean, if they dropped? The yeah, full you thing? you just talk about if they even dropped it down at all. I think you know why would you rule six teams in the first place if it, he's not going to serve six teams? So that I would just you know that's just like I would just lose respect for the NFL. Really, I mean you can't just hold up you know your official ruling. Um, he already appealed it once; it was denied. Um, that's why you know it kind of delayed the process. Mm-hmm. But I think if I think if anything falls through, it would just be uh, it would just be a bad look, really bad look for the NFL. Uh, he's definitely got to you know I wouldn't say service time, but you know you know what I'm trying to say here. He's definitely got a service suspension. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that would that would be unbelievable. It'd definitely be interesting if that if that did happen and cause a lot of um, eyebrows to go up for sure. A lot mm-hmm. of people uh, scratching their heads, you know all that kind of all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know we'll see, so you know we'll get a, we'll get a chance yeah, to that, to figure it out and for sure. I, that. I think at this point, if if Roger Goodell ends up letting this go, I think it just makes him look terrible. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's six games. He laid down the law. He gave him the suspension. He put the six games up there. If you let it go now, you're just you're just doing what you've done in the past. These right. suspended players, just letting them come back earlier than they probably should. You're getting nowhere with these kind of problems and issues. Obviously, to people that have had these kind of issues happen to them before, the whole domestic violence thing. It'd be super offensive and probably turn them away from the NFL. Oh, so yeah, definitely. I think that this is like a, something that needs to be upheld and just dealt with. And Zeke's just got to deal with it and serve the suspension and stop trying to push this stuff back. Because so far they're not giving up on it. They're they're mm-hmm. holding it and he's still gonna have to serve six games. So you might as well get it out of the way as soon as you can if you're Zeke. Yeah. Um, but other than that, uh, we're just gonna we're, we'll, we'll wrap it up now with our stud and dud. Um, obviously, this is the part of the broadcast here where. We pick our best player from the previous week and then our worst player from the previous week or team. It can be from any sport. Um, Dylan, Just, I'll start with you. Yep. We'll do our studs first and then our duds. Okay, so we'll go around the table doing our studs first. Mm-hmm. My stud is, you You guys know about it. We, talked, we chatted a little bit before we started. Um, USC long snapper Jake Olson was blind ever since he was 12, I think it was, that I read. And he, he came to the game and... You know, snapped the extra point, and it was really just amazing. I remember scrolling through Twitter that night, and I saw something, you know, pop up that said, you know, blind USC long snapper, you know, just just checked into the game, and, you know, they scored the PAT, 
And I thought it was like clickbait. You know, I clicked on it and I was like, there's no way this is real. You know, and then, you know, I refresh again and more stuff keeps coming up. It was just unbelievable. You know, things like that really make sports, you know, lively, even to people that don't like sports. I mean, that's that's a story you're going to read right there. That's a feel-good story no mm-hmm. matter what. Whether you like USC or not, that's something you have to yeah. support. It's, it's just like all the stories you see out there in sports. That's when sports become more than just a game. That's mm-hmm. the perfect example of yeah. it right there. Evan, yeah. who's your stud? My stud uh, for this week is Josh Rosen, quarterback <laughs> UCLA. Um, I mean, if you guys uh, even like sports, you know the story. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. what happened. Yeah. Uh, but 35 for 49, 491 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, it was really just a career-defining comeback uh, uh, for him against Texas A&M. Um, last play of the game, fake spike for a touchdown, capped off a 34-point comeback win. I mean, it really doesn't get much better than that. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what more you could do as a quarterback. Um, yeah. He really had a heck of a game, though. That, that that's just one of those college football games, and you're like, man, this is why I love the sport. This is why I watch the sport. <laughs> Thank yep, God exactly. it's back. That's, that's why. I'll, yeah, exactly. That's why I'll sit down and watch it on any night of the week. It doesn't matter to me. Right. Um, mine is one that I think needs to be talked about a lot more than it has been being talked about. Um, Maryland upset Texas this weekend, and that was one of the biggest upsets of the weekend that wasn't talked about. Obviously, for Texas, they're in turmoil right now. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just that's bad. They finally thought they had a team <laughs> that was back and good again, and this is how they start the year. Um, my stud yeah. is DJ Durkin. He used to be the defensive coordinator at Michigan. He got uh, hired as the head coach at Maryland. This is the biggest win in his time there and really a, probably one of the biggest wins that Maryland has ever had in their football program's past. So when you get a win like that, it's something that needs to be talked about more. For DJ, good for him because he's he was a great coach at Michigan. He's a great defensive coordinator. Seems like he's done a good – obviously, the score is 51-41, to 41, so it didn't do a lot of defense. But they made enough plays and did the job, and they ended up getting being able to get the win. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan, what's your dud? My dud actually kind of tails off what Evan's stud was. Uh, my dud is Texas A&M for letting UCLA and Josh Rosen absolutely just demolish them in the second half of that game. They blew a 34-point lead to UCLA. I mean – isn't UCLA a basketball school, guys? Like, like, come yeah, on. It is. <laughs> I, I mean, that's yeah, that's to, I mean, unacceptable. Thirty-four point comeback. Thirty-four happen, point that lead. doesn't happen in basketball. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not very often. So, so yeah, it was just, it was just pitiful from them. Like Texas A&M, you gotta, you gotta figure that out quick. <laughs> what do you think, Evan? Yeah, I'm sticking in the college, uh, college football world uh, with Wyoming quarterback Josh Allen. He really struggled um, this week. People were saying that. You know, yeah, he's, he's one of the best uh, non-Power 5 conference quarterbacks since Ben Roethlisberger uh, in 2003. I mean, there was just all kinds of different things. People were saying, you know, number one pick. But, I mean, he really didn't have uh, too hot of a showing. Uh, 23 of 40 through the air, 174 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. Uh, that's not how you uh, you want to start the season. That's, that's not going to take your draft Definitely. stock up. It'll only no. drop it. So, no. I mean... He really has to turn up the heat, though, if he wants to keep his draft stock uh, up there in, in the high first round. So we'll have to see um, how he bounces back. Yeah, he does have a long season turnaround. We'll see what happens. That definitely was a surprise to start, though. Um, my dad, I'm, I'm finally going to switch it away from football here completely. I'm going to go to baseball. The last time we were talking about this, or we were on this podcast, we were talking about the Tigers and what we thought they were going to do this year. And I was very hesitant on it, but I said that they would be able to get a wild card spot for the playoffs. I'm just going to call myself out right now and say I feel really <laughs> stupid for that. Um, I thought this team would be better this year, and they weren't. So they are my 100% dud. Um, just a terrible season. A, a team that at the end of uh, it'll be about to be two years ago, they're one game away from making the playoffs, and then they come out this year and they fall flat in their face, and everything falls down. 
And my real dud for this whole thing is Al Vila because he needs to get rid of Brad Osmus. If they don't get rid of Brad Osmus, this team is never going anywhere in the future. Obviously, I just need to go on a little rant about the Tigers right there. They're my dud for the week. Um, yeah. We'll obviously be continuing with our baseball coverage coming up eventually here at the World Series coming around. So we'll be talking about that. But I think that, uh, I think I should change my dud to actually Andy McDonald for <laughs> for calling that they were going to get that wild card. Can't you, can't you just let me have <laughs> nah, that? No, nope, nope. go that bad on yeah. me. Jeez, man. All right. Hey, we love you. It's all right. All right, guys. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for us this week. We'll be back for with another installment next week of Unsportsmanlike Conduct. That's what you've been listening to for Ant or for Dylan and for Evan. This is Andy, and you've been listening to Unsportsmanlike Conduct.